Welcome to another episode of Women Rise Up. You have the power to go from being a warrior woman to a warrior woman, and we're here to help you. I'm your host, Jacqueline Withers. Follow us on KingdomWomenRising.org. You can get more information about each episode and download a free ebook, The Kingdom Life, by the president of KWR. Peggy Grimes. You'll also find information to request a free bondage breaker session. Scotty Rambo wrote a hymn titled, He Looked Upon My Faults. It goes, Amazing grace will always be my song of praise, for it was grace that brought me liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my faults and saw my need. Today's message is titled, He Looked Upon My Faults and Saw My Needs. I was praying one day and found myself using a cliche as I petitioned God as as I tried to intercede for others. And as I called out individual names, I repeated, look beyond their faults and see their needs. Fault can also be defined as sin, wrong, errors, iniquity, guilt, defects, failures, and so on. Then I believe the Holy Spirit reminded me of the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus didn't look beyond her fault. He addressed them. This is from John chapter 4. In a non-condemning way, he let her know that he was aware of her failures. I said in a non-condemning way. He confronted her but did not condemn her. We may want him to look beyond our failures, but think about it for a minute and ask how you would get free from the burden of sin if he did. The more I thought about it, the more I realized I couldn't remember a story where God looked beyond anyone's trespasses. In Genesis 3.21, he looked at Adam and Eve's faults and provided for their need. He provided a sacrifice to cover them a foreshadow of the sacrifice for our sins. God stopped Moses as he was on his way to deliver the people out of Egypt and almost killed him because of his disobedience of not circumcising his son. The need was supplied for God allowed his wife Zipporah to do the job. When the Israelites confessed to Moses, we have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and against you. God didn't look beyond their sin. He did provide their need, which was a brass snake for them to look upon to save them from the serpent's bite. Balaam was a prophet whose fault was greed. He tried to ignore God when he was on his way to curse the Israelites. But God provided an ass and an angel to protect him from the anger of God. What about Jonah? Did God say, ah, don't worry about it. I'll look beyond your transgressions. No, he had Jonah thrown overboard. God provided a fish to swallow and spew him out when he repented. Thank God that he looked upon our faults. He sent Jesus to cleanse and set us free. I'm so thankful that God's grace has kept me through all my difficult days. How would I have made it this far without our Savior's merciful loving kindness? God doesn't merely make us aware of our sins and judge them. He addresses these areas of our lives and has provided a way of escape. 
and also a way to be cleansed through the blood of Jesus. The most prolonged one-on-one conversation recorded in Scripture is in John 4 with the Samaritan woman. We don't know this woman's name or age, but she was important enough for Jesus to wait for her and have a life-changing conversation. Rabbis would never take this shortcut from Judea through Samaria to get to Galilee. Nevertheless, Jesus did. He was tired and thirsty. He stopped to rest at Jacob's well, located outside the town of Sakar. His disciples went into town to buy food. When our unnamed woman appeared with a clay jar, Jesus asked, Will you give me a drink? Now, number one, Jesus knew that Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. And he also knew that it was only permissible for men to address women with their husbands present. Jesus wasn't concerned about these rules. This woman, however, was. She starts to tell him about his faults. You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman, as if he needed to be reminded of his nationality. This woman asks Jesus, how can you ask me for a drink? She knew the rules. Jesus knew her and let grace prevail. He began by saying, if you knew the gift of God, Jesus is trying to help her, but she couldn't see it. Instead of her pouring him a drink, the Lord offered her living water. There was nothing special about the water from the well, but living water? Now he had her attention. Jesus told her, go call your husband and come back. Now he's going to discuss her personal business. She was taken aback, but confess, I have no husband. Jesus then gently exposed her sin. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. We don't know what happened to these men, but living with a sixth man who wasn't her husband was a problem. That was sin. Did she admit it? No. She tried to change the subject. She didn't want him to look beyond her faults and see the need All she wanted was the water. She talked about worship, Jerusalem, and the differences between Jews and Samaritans, just being evasive. Do you remember how you used to do when confronted about sin before you were saved? I know how I reacted when someone tried to talk to me about my sin. I take charge of the conversation and talk about the problem with praying pastors. P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, and so-called religious hypocrites. Thank God for having mercy on me. Finally, she thought she could stop him right there. In verse 25, she tells Jesus, when the Messiah comes, he will explain everything to us. Today, when the pastor or a sincere brother or sister in Christ admonishes us, we should at least examine ourselves. When the Messiah comes, she said, Then Jesus revealed his true identity to her. I who speak to you am he. He hadn't been as open with the disciples in sharing his true identity. Once again, we see how highly women were thought of, even a Samaritan woman. The Bible tells us that God loved us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He looked upon our faults and saw our need for a redeemer. Can you imagine how wounded this Samaritan soul uh, would have been with so many failed relationships, the rejection, abuse, and persecution she must have suffered, as well as the loneliness? 
Jesus addressed her sins and let her know what she needed he could provide. He does the same for us. He wants you and I to be cleansed, healed, and whole. God longs to have an intimate relationship with us. Remember, you were chosen by him. We have been disappointed and rejected so often that many have lost any sense of being valued. Jesus offers us grace and love more profound than any other has to give. We all want to be accepted, and we are accepted in the beloved, according to Ephesians 1.6. Remember what happened to Peter? Jesus told him, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. In this passage in Luke 22, Jesus confronts Peter for he already saw his faults. Nevertheless, I love that word, Jesus prayed for him. Knowing Peter's propensity to sink doesn't keep Jesus from assigning Peter the task of strengthening his brothers. He addresses Peter's guilt and shame and then restores him. What if Jesus hadn't confronted him? Would guilt have propelled Peter to do like Judas did? Jesus had addressed Peter's fault, and now he was free to carry on the assigned work. What an encouragement this should be to us. David asked, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. We know we fail to live up to God's standards. Thank God for sending us the Savior to cover all of our dirty deeds. Don't let condemnation lock you up. That's the enemy's word. We are convicted, which draws us to confess and repent. God looked upon our faults and saw our need. Praise be to God for Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling. And one day he'll present us faultless before the presence of God's glory with exceeding joy. Women, rise up and press on. Your need has already been met. Amen? For this week's affirmation, look for verses starting with the letter I. I have an inheritance from Ephesians 1.11. That's what I'll be meditating on. Have a great week, ladies. Grab a coffee and meet with us again next Wednesday as we dig a little deeper to find and rid ourselves of the things that hinder us from living in the fullness of our calling. Remember to go to KingdomWomenRising.org and find out about the courses available to help free you to walk in your calling. It's been my pleasure to be your host on this episode of Women Rise Up.